Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben's Brunani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sip it, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. Wise men say only fools try me, but you. Can't help DMing me fuckery Force my hand I'll drag your whole life through And you don't want none of this smoke Wow, collecture, collecture, collecture. That was a banger. That was a that were a banger. Anyway. (laughs) It is me, Kalechi, in a blood clot place to be. Um, my rendition of Can't Help Falling in Love with You by Elvis Presley. Um, who was, I feel like he was like, um, one of the first um, versions, versions. He was the first version of, um, people like Jesse Nelson and all of them people there. Like you, you have to admit like, um, Elvis Presley was a cultural appropriator. Um, a lot of, a lot of people were, a lot of white performers were, It's, it's just the truth of the matter really. And that's why it's so hard to kind of, um, move away from it in modern day culture because so many look I'm already delving into the things and I haven't even introduced myself before I get to the end of the episode and I'm like rah did I even say who I were and who I was and who I will be um <laughs> it is me Kalechi in a blood clot place to be and you are listening to SYM officially known as say your mind unofficially known as what what that's right suck your mum Yes, and we're back for another week. If you're listening for the first time, where have you been? But welcome anyway, and to all my people, them, my day ones, my OGs. Um, we go again. We go again. We blood clot move. Um, yeah, so I hope that you enjoyed that. I really enjoy making these songs. Like you all keep saying, I really do need to do- uh, drop that EP. I feel like it should be called Pum Pum Promises um, skin out my pum pum, sorry, um, yeah, anyway, I feel like that's what it should be called, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm here, so it's, I'm recording this first thing on a Monday, my voice might sound a bit hoarse, it might sound a little bit sexy, um, I'm recording on a Sunday, because it's been such a, such a busy week with filming, and doing bits, and doing bobs, you know, that's how I like to roll, doing major bits, doing major bobs, um, I strongly suggest that you watch Channel 4, I think, on Thursday, if you're listening to this today when I drop it, or even tomorrow when on Tuesday. Um, strongly suggest if you can watch uh, Channel 4 on a Thursday at about 11, 11 p.m. Yeah, if you can. Um, can't say, can't say, won't say, but if you can, watch it. And yeah, I've got other bits, like 
coming out in terms of content as well. I've just been busy. I've just been a baby girl. Just a baby girl. Wow, voice is hoarse. In a baby world. Yeah. Woo. Such a tune. Um, so big up on my baby girls, baby boys, and baby non-binaries. I appreciate you all for tuning in every week and just being here in it. But I haven't got much time. I'm all here pontificating, like I don't have places to be. So I'm trying to record this and then make no mistakes so there doesn't need to be any edits. Just send it to Brent and everything iry everything smooth um i went to talking of brent i actually went to the launch of his new um initiative his new um uh collective called the new black um that was yesterday night so also that's why i didn't record last night apart from the fact that the austin grand prix you know the usa grand prix was happening at like 8 p.m at night um, which would have meant that it would finish around 10 and then that would be Lev's bedtime and I can't be screaming down the place um, when uh, Lev is sleeping. I mean, although he, once he's sleeping, he's sleeping in it, but I'm looking into that as well. I just feel like maybe I need to find the funds, manifest the funds to um, open my own mini studio that's closer to me because it's been great recording at home. Like I have all my equipment and all of that, but um, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. They keep saying, don't say your plans because there are evil eye people around, but none of you man can touch me. You will drop down dead immediately. Um, so anyway, sorry, that went off on a tangent, but, um, yeah, so the Grand Prix would have been on late anyway. Um, but yeah, so I knew I was going to have to record this morning to get this out if I'm going to watch it. And I think the, for the next few races, they're all going to be late now because the, we've got five races left for this, um, season. Uh, and I think they're all going to be late at night anyway. Or might they be early? Because once we get to like Abu Dhabi and them man there, I think it's actually early. When we get to Saudi, I think it's, uh, I don't know. I've got to check the time difference. Um, but I think, yeah, because they're ahead. In Saudi, they're ahead. Whereas um, Brazil, I think, is it Brazil? Are they behind as well? I feel like Brazil, Mexico, they're still behind in terms of time, You in, in relation to UK time. Anyway, race was on late, so I knew I was going to have to record um, today, but I went to Brent's event, so I actually couldn't watch the race in real time, because obviously, when I have to choose between Formula One and Brent, of course I'm going to choose Brent, like, he's the baby boy. Now, actually, can we take a moment? I know that Brent gets really, really nervous and shy, and he's such, like, an introvert, and he likes being behind the scenes, but if you've never seen Brent before, I'm sure you should have caught, um, caught a glimpse of him. If you've watched the YouTube versions of the live shows, you would have caught a gl glimpse of Brent. Brent is buff, respectfully. This guy is peng, respectfully. And I think he's much younger than me as well. So be careful what you say. But um, yeah, like you, it's rare to see people who are very good looking, who also have manners and they behave themselves and like they're just generally kind people. So of course, if I've got to make a choice between watching Formula One and going to Brent's event, I'm going to be at Brent's event. Now, the thing is, I got to Brent's event at the time. Well, I, I like to get to places early. Um, well, yeah. So anyway, I got to Brent's event at the time that I thought it was going to start. So I got there a little bit early. Um, only to realise that he actually put um, black people time on there because he thought that people weren't going to arrive on time. So I was then even more early than I needed to be. 
And I don't know if that's me being 35 now and being a mum. I don't know. I just feel like I there was certainly auntie vibes about the time that I was arriving, right? Um, but eventually people started to arrive when I was deciding to go. Um, but uh, I'll talk about um, Grumpy later, but I was basically watching it through tweets while still participating and being present at an amazing launch event for The New Black, which is um, Brent's new initiative, The New Black, um, spelled B-L-X-C-K. And I'm just super proud of him because he's helped so many people to, um, you know, build their podcasting platforms, um, you know, through recording at his studio. So it's amazing that now he has his thing, um, which is um, a kind of like a, um, a springboard off that. Like, why are you, <coughs> excuse me, why are you making all of these things for these other platforms um, and making them money where we could be looking at ways where you could be doing the same? for yourself as a black collective. So super, super proud of him. Such a baby boy, the best baby boy. Um, actually on my way there, yeah. God, on my way there, I booked an Uber, um, one of those Uber, is it Uber execs? So the car's a bit nicer, although they put that sometimes and the car's still dusty. Um, cause I couldn't get my usual, uh, get taxi, the black cab. Um, for some reason there were no ca- cabs in the area. Um, so anyway, I get my Uber now. And one thing about me, one thing you should always know about me is that I always smell nice. Like I have a thing about smelling nice. Like I always smell incredible. Um, it's, it's, it's like some people aren't used to people bigging themselves up. And I'm so sorry if that makes you feel uncomfortable. Take that up with your mother. But really and truly, I always smell nice. So I've got a new, uh, it's not a new scent, I've had it for months and months and months, so whenever I wear it, people are always like, oh my god, someone smells really, really nice here, oh my god, it's you, yes, it's me, baby, so I'm wearing this, and I think I mixed it, so I I was wearing Christian Dior, um, I've got to check the name, but it's a Christian Dior Oud, right, and um, I, at the, at the base of it, I'd already sprayed myself with Karma by Lush, so that just added a different, like, a madness to it, like, it was just popping, my god, so I've gotten into this Uber exec now and it's been driven by a young black guy and, you know, nice Merc. Yeah. So anyway, we get to the venue virtually in silence. He's paying tunes and we get to the venue now. I'm coming out, the, I'm coming out the Uber and he says to me, I'm sorry, can I just ask like, what scent are you wearing? Cause it smells so nice. And I said, oh, I'm, um, it's Christian Dior. It's a Christian Dior Oud and also, um, I've just mixed it with something else. And he's like, oh my God, it smells so nice. I've got to get it for my, wait for it. Mum, I've got to get it for my mum. If, yeah, 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 yeah. Ouch, ouch. Guys, I'm falling down. I'm falling. Somebody catch me. What? You smell so nice. I've got to get it for my mum. Don't fucking piss me off. Don't fucking piss me. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm falling. I'm dying. I am dead. What? It spun me. Honestly, it spun me. But then I had to think about it. I had to think about it and be like, Kletchi, calm down. Calm down. Because anyhow, this motherfucker is saying that I smell like a mum or like I've like I've got a mum scent. I don't even know what that means. But if you're saying I'm this has gone beyond beyond auntieing someone, you've now mummed me. And of course I am a mother, but please behave yourself. But then I had to think about it and I was just like, rah. If he's saying that the smells um, or the scent smells so nice that he wants to get it for somebody that he loves, that's a good sign. But I don't know. Whenever I hear mum, I'm just like, can you calm down? 
But um, I don't know, maybe it would have sounded creepy if he was like, oh, that smells so nice. I'm going to get it for my girlfriend or I'm going to, you know, like maybe that would have been creepier. Maybe I would have come on here and be like, rah, I don't want, that's a bit weird. So I don't know. It was just a mum thing really threw me. Um, I don't know whether it was Oedipal vibes or whatever, but it was just a madness. Um, but yeah, I just, those kind of comments, I never know. I never know how to take them. I'm just like, what? But case in point anyway I smelt nice whether I smelt like something that he'd want to gift his mum or not I smelt gorgeous gorgeous um so yeah anyway let's get to the tarot then because I don't want to be late for my things um the tarot for this week <coughs> mm, the tarot for this week is really interesting I feel like what's wrong with my voice right or what why my voice feels croaky it's because I was by the sea I was by the sea last week um in Whitstable and um, there was a scene where I was virtually wearing nothing. I was just wearing pint and bra. And then I was wrapped in a bit of um, tulle. And my God, when I tell you that the, my vulva was quaking, my vulva was shivering. Ooh. You know when a cold just enters your bones? And me, I do not like cold, but I have to, you know, sometimes you have to suffer for the art. Obviously not die for the art, but we'll go into that later on. But sometimes you have to suffer for the art. And we did everything, or the um, production team did everything possible to try to limit um, just how cold I was going to be um, by me not having to stand there while they framed the shot and everything else. But yeah, either way, I'm just so tired. Uh, but yeah, let's get into the tarot for this week then. So it was interesting. I was just like, what is the general message for the people then? And it's funny because we're in Scorpio season. We've now entered Scorpio season which as you know, I claim as my season because of all the planets that I've got in Scorpio and like slash my eighth house. Um, so yeah, Scorpio season's mine. Uh, anyway, we've got here goddess of cups, which is very, very Scorpionic energy, queen of cups. Traditionally, I'm using the Afro goddess tarot deck and um, the goddess of cups. She's sitting on a rock in the middle of the sea and she's holding a cup, a gold cup. And she doesn't look happy, you know? And it's one of those things where um, I, whenever I see this card, it's that idea of like waiting for people to fill the cup um, for you when you've already got all that you need to fill your own cup. Of course, we want interpersonal relationships and we want intimacy and we want romance to a certain degree and all of that stuff. But this very much feels like I'm going about filling everybody else's cup who's going to fill mine. And... If we're thinking about it with that kind of um, Scorpio slash water sign energy anyway, um, it is that idea of wanting to delve deeply into people, always wanting, like, almost wanting to submerge yourself. <laughs> Pardon me. Always want, almost wanting to submerge yourself in others and understanding that sometimes people don't have that kind of depth. So sometimes some of you are trying to, like, dive headfirst into other people re not realizing that they're very sh very shallow and you're going to break your head so it's kind of accepting people for the depth that they actually bring to the table because sometimes maybe there isn't much more to them than what you see and then we've got the chariot card here as well and I think the chariot is that like a cancer card which is another water sign but we see the chariot here and it's about moving forward for some of you it's about moving forward it's about relocating it's about going from where there isn't much water because we've seen a pyramid on one side and then we're seeing like um a city skyline on the other side um when you're looking at this particular deck 
Um, and I'm seeing the sun and then I'm seeing the moon on this card as well. So going where your lunar energy is calling you to, um, we're, we're kind of looking at the luminaries, like the things that light up the sky. What are the things that light up your life? Moving towards those things. Yeah. And I know this message keeps coming up and up again. Um, and then we see the stream of kind of water still running behind the chariot, regardless of whether they're by the pyramid or whether they're in, in the city skyline. You've got to go to the place that brings you emotional fulfillment. Um, it's necessary. And I'm looking at the green of the crystals that's on the wand as well, making me think of jade, prosperity, financial prosperity. For some of you means relocating. It means going elsewhere. Maybe you've hit a plateau where you are and you've got to consider where else can I be that's going to bring me um, another level of challenges and force me and, and encourage me, motivate me to um, be more me and to, you know, appear in the world as just challenge yourself to do more and to be more, you know, so that's what I'm seeing here as well. And opening your third eye, cause there's a headband around their head and it's the X is right in front of the, or the middle of their forehead, opening your third eye, really being able to see beyond what you see currently. Some of you already have that ability, but you second guess yourself. And I guess that's what we're taught to do in this society to not believe in our own um, um, divinity, but using that, seeing beyond what is being placed in front of you, where can you be happier? Where can you be nourished? Where can your cup be filled? It's about moving towards that because right now we've got justice in reverse. So that's two major arcana um, cards that we've got. We've got justice in reverse. And then this uh, card, they're wearing a blindfold and they're crying out of one eye as well. Um, things aren't balanced where you are. Things are not balanced where you are. Like you're definitely giving way more than you are getting and you deserve to be with somebody. If it's a relationship thing, you deserve to be with somebody who um, ignites that passion in you or can pour into you the way that you're pouring into them. For some, it might even be on a professional level. Maybe you're bigging up people who aren't really bigging you up and you've got to look at that. You've got to look at that collaborative process because yes, <clears throat> celebrate others without necessarily expecting things in return. But at the same time, a small, small thank you so much would also go a long way, you know? Um, but definitely the idea is you're, there isn't, there isn't much balance where you are and you've got to go and find that balance. And yes, it might be sad. It might be sad to kind of cut people off, for instance, or move away from people or move from what you know as familiar. Some of you are going to be moving because heartbreak will have you thinking, oh, I want to restructure my whole life. And that's actually good for you. Sometimes the best things happen in our life after a heartbreak. Um, cause now your heart is open and you can see what's there and you can see what you truly want. But so for some of you, the, the it's coming um, because of heartbreak. Some of you might catch you out of the blue. You might not expect the breakup or you might not expect to be let go from the workplace or whatever, maybe in the next couple of months. But, um, and I'm, that's not, I'm not now saying that you should now go and badger your partners and be like, are you planning to break up with me? Cause Kalechi said on a podcast, look, I don't need their drama. I don't need their drama. Thank you so much. I saw enough ops yesterday at Brent's event anyway. And that's the thing. Look at me going off on a tangent again. Brent is such a lovely person. And obviously it was Brent, Danielle. It was a whole group of people that are part of this initiative, right? But Brent is such a lovely person. And because of the nature of what he does with having the podcasting studio, he has um, a range of people that come through his doors and that he knows. And obviously he's going to invite them to the ting. But obviously there are people there, just a couple, just a couple of people, just just a couple of people, just a quick few uh, people um, that I 
despise but I was able to contain my you know my dislike of them in order to um celebrate the day and I actually didn't see much of them to be honest and I looked fucking amazing and I think that sometimes that's the best that you can do in life just look peng and and let your um let your enemies uh crumble inside um but yeah it's it's one of those things that I I think about as well like I don't need more ops in it. That's what I was trying to say. I don't need more ops. So don't go and tell your partner that I said, oh, Kalechi said you're going to break up with me in a couple of months. I didn't say that. I'm saying, but for some of you though, it is going to catch you off guard. Um, but that don't, don't be worried about that. Like you will, you will be sad. You will be spun. Yeah, sure, sure. But the things that's going to happen as a result of that will actually be the things that you prayed for, that you wanted for your life. Because people don't sometimes want to admit it, right? that sometimes you get into a relationship and you do start um sacrificing a lot of your dreams you try to pretend that you're not like oh no no I wanted to do this all of the time but there are certain things that you would have done if you were single but you're not doing them because you're in a partnership um or you're in a relationship right and so sometimes when people think that they're doing you they're really doing themselves so even if um anything were to catch you off guard regarding like a workplace or even a tenancy agreement where the landlord suddenly decides to move mad. Maybe they've been planning to sell the place and didn't want to tell you until the sale's gone through. And then they turn around and they're going to break your lease. Break your lease so I can move. Because you want mortgages? Mortgages. Anyway, sorry. Um, So they decided that they want to um, sell the place and they're not going to tell you beforehand. And they're just going to hit you with it suddenly and be like, oh, you've got two months and you get to go, then you've got to get the fuck. Um... And yeah, that might spin you, but what ends up happening as a result of that will be one of the best things to ever happen to you. So just keep that in mind when things feel a bit higgy and a bit haggar. Um, then from the Black Angel cards by Zenju Earthlin Manuel, we've got the Mother Soul card. What does it say for the Mother Soul? Because I, last week I, I pulled the moon, uh, the moon Child and I forgot to read it. Sometimes, you know, life just gets so busy. Um here we go, the mother soul, it says here, mother soul holds the shrine in which we place our sadness and joy, when tears fall upon our cheeks, they may not belong to you, when you laugh without knowing the reason, you may be in the energy of mother soul, as mother soul, you hold the feelings and emotions of self and others, you have the capacity to embrace the deepest experiences, you are so sensitive you may have to protect yourself from people who are constantly in their emotions. People come to you when they are experiencing major turning points in their lives. Or oh, speak on it, spirit. You comfort, you kiss, you smile, you give love with no expectations. On the waking path, you are restored and rejuvenated. You feel energetic and find your life full and satisfying. You are able to access the spring of wellness. With this capacity, you help others to awaken to the ways in which they suffer. Wellness is imprinted on your bones. Others come to you because of the loving, warm attention you give. As a consequence of your energy, um, um, as a consequence of your energy, it's often misinterpreted and you can fall into the role of wetness or the one who shares with everyone something as dear to yourself as breast milk as a mother would a child. As mother soul, attending to folks as your children, you are often abused or drained empty of your life force. My God, my God, goddess of cups coming through. Um, this draining or abuse can be the beginning of, uh, of being on the sleeping path. 
If all of your energy is spent feeding others, nursing everyone's wounds but your own, you are giving without concern for your own needs. You may even encounter anger as others want you to continue your giving. You may grow numb and weary of holding um, all of these feelings and emotions. You become empty. When you experience this emptiness, you hide because your worth was in the feeding. You are most likely fearful of not being able to handle all of your own pain and loss. So if your efforts to nurture everyone might come from past wounding in your personal life and in your assessment, see if your um, efforts to nurture everyone might come from past wounding in your personal life and in your ancestral lineage. See if there is um, a memory in your bones of the inability to save someone or something you lost long ago. Unconsciously, we are still trying to save all of who and what we've lost in life's journey. Your own soul retrieval is at stake each time you unconsciously take on another person. Remember yourself in this love and comfort work as a respect for your gifts. As a matter of fact, your gifts cannot be shared without your body and soul. Mother souls must find other mother souls to rejuvenate them. If you are constantly tired, then you have too many people around you who are not feeding you. That is a wheel up to blood clot. If you are constantly tired, then you have too many people around you who are not feeding you. Explore the reasons you allow yourself to be drained. You may need to find ways other than fatigue or illness to signal to yourself to take a break from taking care of others. Do you feel more worthy in your depleted state? Is there something someone can do for you? In the end, it may not be necessary that you take on being a mother soul. This role is not for those who do it because it's expected of them. It is for those who recognize the sacred power of soul revival as a spiritual path that is reciprocal between themselves and others. Wow, that is a word. That is a blood clot word. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, don't be just doing it because you think it's expected of you. If it's draining you, then you have to look like, do you feel worthy when you're exhausted? Spirit, stop dragging me through my own mouth. Do you feel like, oh, I need to be ex I'm exhausted and to the point of breaking before um, I can acknowledge that um, I've done something worthwhile or that I am worthy? That shouldn't be it. You shouldn't have to reach burnout to realise that you're worth something or that you are of value or that, look, I've given all of me, so I deserve to be here. You don't have to earn your keep in this life. You don't have to earn a reason for your breath to come in and out of your lungs. You don't have to earn the reason for your heart to beat. You don't. You don't. You can just be here. You know, you have every right to be here. Um, and again, like um, Zenju Earthlin Manuel says, you have to go back to the point that made you feel like you had to earn your rights to be here. Um, from the uh, Wisdom of the Oracle card deck uh, by Colette Baron-Reed, we've got the um, Oracle's message from th number 38, to be fair, and we see scales again. So looking at this idea of in an imbalance, there is a strong sense of imbalance um, going on at the moment. And although we've come out of Libra season to move into Scorpio season, I think if we're using the sidereal um, uh, ch uh, chart, um, of astrology, we'd still technically maybe be in Libra season. So it's that transition period, isn't it? Um, it says here, life offers experiences that are challenging and experiences that are nourishing, yet over time they strike a balance. You move from being 
from stasis to doing, from discovering to loving to letting go to being again. Life is a pendulum swinging between all of these states. You will always oscillate back and forth between doing and being. If you are not content with where you are in this moment, remember that all experiences have their place. Accept them without judgment and you will see how the universe adjusts in perfect balance. You reap what you sow. For every cause, there is an effect. Wondrous things will be revealed now. And I think that that's so, so important. Um, I'll read the prosperity message as well. It says here, now is a time for even exchanges. Justice will prevail and you will be treated accordingly in all of your affairs. You will be able to negotiate fair settlements. Mutual gain is a, a gift to you and your partners and colleagues. Uh, this is also a good time to square your finances and take stock of how you're compensated for your work. This card signifies balance, justice, negotiations. So remember that all things must be fairly recompensed. Keep this as your truth. And so it will be. I think that's important as well because Saturn's stationed direct and I think so is Jupiter. So as I was talking about like last week, I think it was last week. So all the things that you feel like you've lost that or didn't quite go your way or that were extremely delayed, you're going to find maybe that those things start evening out as well. But for some things to come in, some things need to go out. So I feel like that's also a message that is um, very strong for this week. So I pray that that resonates with you in terms of the tarot. Let me jump to bigging up this week's show sponsor who are BetterHelp and then we'll get to share your magnificence. Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Maybe like giving all of your energy to everybody else and saving none for yourself. Well, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. There is a, a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. And the service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account at any time and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room and having people just staring at your earlobes. Um... It's this, you know, which is what you'd find with traditional therapy. Well, most times, anyway, I would try and go or ask for a time when no one was there, but that's long. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable and tradition um, than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available. And I wanted to mention that financial aid thing actually because it doesn't matter where you are. From what I know anyway, it doesn't matter where you are, like you can still get it um, regardless of country. You don't have to be based in America to get the financial aid to be able to um, have access to a few sessions uh, for free. So BetterHelp wants you um, to live a happier life today. Visit their website. Um, that's betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com forward slash your mind. Betterhelp.com forward slash your mind. And join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Um, special offer to all of the Say Your Mind listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash your mind. So go and get involved. Now let's get to share your magnificence. 
week for Share Your Magnificence. You know that I love it when you lot send your letters in and when you send your voice notes in, um, whenever I manage to actually get to them and they're still relevant. So sorry to the people who send it in and then I don't actually play or read it out. I appreciate you though. Um, This week for Share Your Magnificence, we've got a letter. It says here, Dear Kalechi, I hope this email finds you well. I firstly wish to say a massive thank you and jar bless for your truly wonderful podcast. Admittedly, I've only recently come across you due to a friend's recommendation, but I've been glued ever since. Your boldness, unapologetic truth-telling and ability to be your authentic self is encouraging, refreshing and on a multitude of levels captivating. On a personal note, Although these last two years or so have been um, have been some of the most fruitful and productive periods of my life, I've also experienced heartbreak, sadness and grief to a level that has um, not only tested me and uh, tested the para- parameters of my humanity, but also my capacity to exist in violent spaces, both physically and ex- um, existentially. With that being said, I can honestly say listening to your podcast has gifted me with a sense of peace lightness and companionship when I have struggled to find sanctuary in my own mind and body. For this, I'm eternally grateful. Perhaps I should have opened with this, but I'm a secondary school teacher, writer and academic. I hope you do not mind me sharing with you some of my most recent pieces. It is on the importance of rest. I would consider it it an honour if you would read it. So um, what I will do is I'll add the link to this as well. Um, But there is an audio copy um, that's attached to this um, as a voice note. And I actually, I think I'll play that because I think that it's great. I really enjoyed it. So I'll play that. It says here, also, I remember you saying in one of your earlier podcasts that you do not consider yourself to be a nice person, despite not being who you once were. Whilst we have not met and I do not know you intimately, my short and limited engagement with you via your work has led me to the following conclusions. One, your presence is more than necessary. Two, your words create, nourishes and cultivates life. Three, you in all in all of your glory will not be understood or even appreciated by everyone. Four, you in all your glory was never meant for everyone. As to whether you are nice, I cannot say. But what I can say is that nice does not have the capacity to depict nor hold the magnitude of your greatness, sending you peace and blessings. Alex, and I love that you put here, hashtag accessibility is love. This is why I started adding um, captions to the majority of my videos, because I just feel like we talk about accessibility and inclusivity a lot, but then don't consider those who might not be able to um, interact with the content that we put out. I still need to get into doing those um, descriptions of the videos and pictures that I put up, but I I will add that too. Um, yeah, all of these things are important. Um, we, we need to consider that. I'm even considering, considering that regarding the, uh, pole dance studio space as well. I wanted to get a transcribing done of each podcast episode. So people who uh, can't um, hear it can at least read the, the nonsense that I've been saying. I've said some good things as well, but basically all the things I've been saying as well. But when the episode is like freaking two hours, the people that have reached out to me, like, I would love to transcribe it. You don't hear from them again, because that is a hefty task. Hefty. Um, and I love that you've numbered everything, like a true teacher and an academic, you've broken everything down. Um, to clarify, the reason I say I'm not nice is because I'm not, 
I feel like niceness is weaponized against women, um, specifically black women. That's why I say I'm not nice. I'm a kind person. I, I feel like I've grown a lot um, from like, between like, oh, I don't know, I'd say like 2013 or 2011, maybe even till now, I've grown a hell of a lot. Um, cause all I know is fighting. So when I tell you that I say that, that I would have beaten somebody up, I truly mean that with all of my heart. Um, I mean, it's not just words, not just, um, banter. I truly believe in the um, gospel of rocking people's jaws. Um, but you know, we grow and we learn, right? Uh, and I know that there are different ways to deal with things now. Um, mostly spiritual. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I think that I, I'm niceness is weaponized. And so that's why I don't focus on being nice. Usually niceness is to make other people comfortable around you. And I feel like kindness is just what you do as a steward of this earth. You just do it because that is what, (laughs) pardon me, you do it because it's part of who you are. You know, you just do it. You do it as part of the gift that you give back to this life for you being gifted with life you know that's how I see kindness but niceness no I don't have time for it because I'll tell people about their pussy holes um at any time um yeah so let me play this voice note anyway before um digressing here we go hold on before I'm assigned this prose I wish to begin with an ode This prose was inspired and greatly influenced by the work of Alexis Pauline Gums from her glorious book, Undrowned, Black Feminist Lessons from Marine Mammals. Alexis, for your contribution to my personal and political life, I am eternally grateful. This prose is entitled, A Journey Towards Reimagining Rest. A mantra that I have often heard within the black community and indeed internalized is that we as a people have always had the capacity to create something out of nothing. I have always understood this to mean that when things were beyond hopeless and our reality resembled that of a barren wasteland, we as a people had encoded into our very DNA the necessary formula needed to create, perform, and work our own miracles. Because of the world in which we live in, this formula was transformed into an algorithm that we could access when needed. However, the struggle of daily life meant that there was always a necessity to draw from this internal, unreserved reservoir this plane of resources and knowledge that our grandmothers lived, our mothers taught, and one that we strive to embody. I have meditated and reflected on this for a great length of time. And whilst insurmountable wisdom is found in this sacred folklore, and indeed, economically, politically, and materially, many of us have and continue to experience nothingness. There is something about it that sits uneasy with me, causing something akin to a state of restlessness. 
put it to you that even in the midst of our nothingness, we always had our imagination. It is in our bid to strive, thrive, and experience joy, love, happiness, and all the other possibilities that life offers, that the existential space of our imagination allowed for our rhythm and flow to create many a masterpiece. It is through our imagination that we simultaneously create a reality in which we as a people excel beyond our own expectations, whilst acting as a violent theatre for the rest of the world to spectate, like salvating scavengers. It is in the midst of our genius and creativity that we continue to forget a key component, a key ingredient from our communal cookbook is missing a chapter that will help us to retain an elevated level of consciousness whilst equipping us to defeat structures of oppression. In the midst of it all, both we and our ancestors forgot to truly recover a basic and yet imperative part of our humanity that has never truly been afforded to us. We forgot how to rest. For too long, it was a word that had no place at the dinner table or within our collective thought. Whilst never truly being conceptualised, our community would often dismiss it as something analogous to a distracting and pacifying force. We forgot what it looked like, what it tasted like, what it entailed. We unwittingly turn this sacred practice into the undeserving and unwanted lover and nourisher of our bodies and spirit. Whilst I am still very much on the journey of reimagining what rest looks like and how this fundamental practice must be enmeshed into my life, I do at this point understand that rest requires me to slow down my breathing center my holistic self without considering the needs and demands of others. It enables me to be protected by the boundaries I have created for myself. It seeks to take a non-anthropomorphic approach to the environment and synchronize my peace with the peace of other life forms who also cause this world home. Rest allows me to float on an ocean of the fruits of my labour and the birthright afforded to me simply by being a reflection of the external source of life who themselves professes that rest will become my essence when dwelling in their presence. Without rest, I will succumb to the necrotides that pull me in due to the fatigue and heaviness that comes with living in a world where my daily bread is baked in navigating layers of captivity, forced migration, and systemic involuntary adaptation. Without rest, I will not only continue to sink, I will drown. 
best as an act of resistance, thus making sleep political. A restless, overworked, underslept, one eye opened, weary sleeper, makes for an unhappy and unfulfilled soul who cannot delight in pleasure, much less do the work. We must reimagine how abundant rest might soothe and enrich our very existence. It is my prayer that the moon and the stars will realign one day soon so that we might meet again and share, listen to, recount, teach and demonstrate to one another how our reimagining of rest opened up a plethora of endless possibilities. Thank you. That was actually just so um, amazing. You'll notice that my volume sounds a bit different now because you know what happened, right? Um, I think it happened last week as well. My Yeti mic wasn't being picked up by Audacity. <laughs> That's the name of the system that I use. So I was just like, why is my voice? I was looking at it on the screen. Like, why is my voice coming through so low? The, I was literally using the mic on my MacBook and not my actual mic. And I didn't realise that. But this is what, see, this is why Alex was saying that we need to rest so we don't mess up our own podcast for two weeks in a row. So obviously the volume is going to sound very different now that I've realised what the fuck was going on. Um, so yeah, you might want to turn down the volume now because I'm back. I'm back in the house with my fuckery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got my volume back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, I was just like, why is it so low? Meanwhile, not even taking the time to kind of like look at it. But you know, you live and you learn. I was just listening to Alex um, reciting their work and I was looking at the screen and I was just like, no, it's not meant to be inbuilt microphone. It's meant to be the Yeti mic. Um, because when I'm at home and I don't need to set up the whole studio or set up my whole, my road um, desk and all of that, I just use the Yeti mic. But obviously did not clock that this thing was just not even picking up sound like it should i was listening back to the podcast episode last week and i was like no it still sounds low what happened to my mic because the mic was plugged in but it wasn't even um acknowledged by this macbook bare fuckery in the air in the in the place but that's a good sign because mercury has just stationed well mercury is now stationed direct but we are still in the post retrograde shadow so of course it's while mercury was in retrograde that i was recording the podcast without actually plugging the mic in um i won't even i won't even i won't even um yeah anyway let's get to that was share your magnificence so alex two slaps on your chest for really making me think about a lot of stuff like when you said so sleep is political I thought about it and I thought about it and I was just like raw of course sleep is political because that's why the poorest people are having to constantly work thus have no time to sleep thus have no time to resist what society is doing to them because they're tired wow Wow, wow, wow. You said all of the things. You said all of the things. I think that that's brilliant work. So thank you, Alex, for that. Um, now let's jump into um, So You Mad. 
So my first So You Mad for this week is the private lab that was awarded um, one of the uh, what is it, uh, contracts to do the PCR testing. And they managed to drum up 43,000 um, false negative uh, PCR tests. Who gave them? Who gave them this contract, you wonder? Who, ha- who else other than Matt Pussy Clark Hancock? Um, 43,000 PCR tests that were a false negative. But if I now start speaking, people will say that I'm a speaker. If I now start talking, people will say that I'm talking. Wow. So uh, they were awarded a £119 million COVID-19 testing contract. Um, This was actually covered in November 2020 by um, a website called Byline Times. I don't know if they do madness usually because sometimes some of these sites, they do good things and then you go and read the other stuff and you're like, what the fuck? Anyway, it says here, the government awarded a £119 million contract to develop volume for coronavirus testing to a new firm that appears to specialise in DNA analysis. (laughs) My God. I wanted to pause there for a second and just say, wow. Mm, first of all, I don't have COVID. Just thought I'd point that out because people are like, Kalechi, what, how are you sounding like this? No, literally, it's tiredness. Thus, sleep is needed. Um, remember when I said in the earlier episodes of the podcast, when the panda bear was really kicking off, that we're moving into a time where technology will be God, right? And um, therefore, data will be like the currency. That will be what people are striving to get right and so it's funny that it's a dna analysis of course you'll be like of course it's a dna analysis um lab that they go to to um give or um you know to get to do the pcr testing yeah on the surface it makes sense but also it's what this lab specifically does and how they collect data and what they're doing in terms of genome testing or whatever i wouldn't be surprised if like five years down the line some of these labs that suddenly sprung up um, and said, oh, we'll do the PCR testing as a way of garnering as much data, DNA data as possible, are then able to say, oh, we were doing this with the data that you supplied, but you did sign off on it, but you had to sign off on it in order for you to be able to fly, in order for you to be able to work, you had to sign off, you couldn't say no, so it was like you were forced into a corner, basically, and then giving all of this data um, to people that then um, allows them to be stronger and make more money, and it's not even like that money is then shared out in enough, in, in a kind of equitable way, no, because they keep it. Um, It says here, in mid-October, the EU contracts portal released the government deal awarded to Immensa Health Clinic Limited. This was in mid-October last year, 2020. Granted without a standard tender process. And remember that Matt Hancock was also handing out these contracts um, and using his Gmail account. He said, oh, it was just so busy. Doesn't matter whether I was using my Gmail or my parliamentary, my government account. No, it does matter. It does matter, you dusty bitch. It does matter which account you use. Um... PCR stand and um, PCR testing is the standard way at present that individuals are tested for COVID-19 in the UK. These tests require clinical expertise and lab capacity to analyse, um, though are considered the gold standard of accuracy. <laughs> However, like the coronavirus, Immensa Health Clinic doesn't appear to have been around for very long. 
company's house records and um, records show that the firm was incorporated on May 18th, 2020, months after the onset of the pandemic. Strangely, the EU database doesn't list a start date for the PCR testing contract, so it is unclear how soon the deal was awarded after the inception of the company. However, the database does provide the completion date of the contract as 7th of September. Therefore, even if the contract began the week before its completion, in itself highly unlikely, Immensa Health would have only been in existence for roughly three months before it was awarded a £119 million government contract. Company's House shows that Immensa has one officer and owner, Andrea Riposati, who is also the co-founder and CEO of an Italy-based firm, Dante Labs. Dante offers multiple services, primarily the creation of a genetic profile by analysing 100% of your DNA. This, the company claims, can help an individual to understand their vulnerability to genetic diseases and health risks. According to the company website, Dante also offers coronavirus tests, including PCR testing kits sold for £58. The company claims to have leveraged its existing technology developed for whole genome sequencing to quickly scale up a high-capacity, high-automated testing solution for both current infection and antibodies for COVID-19. Um, when a user clicks on the Terms of Service page on the Dante website, the initial information suggests that it's controlled by Immensa Health Clinic. Dante Labs or We, Us or Our means Immensa Health Clinic Limited. The page reads, however, very rapidly, the site redirects with new information stating that the company is operated by Dante Labs Inc., um, based in the United States and Italy. There is also a devoted page on the Dante website calling Immensa its genome analysis platform. Um, Riposati uh, was asked to explain the creation of Immensa and its relationship with Dante Labs, but didn't want to. Um and obviously the UK government as well didn't want to comment at the time that this was out. But since this happened, obviously Matt Hancock was grabbing Batacrease and lipsing teeth. He was rubbing teeth with um, that. He's, uh, what is it? He's a uh, government aide um, who was married. Um, so, yeah, he's now resigned from that post, but he's still in parliament. And just the other week he was trying to get something going with the UN as well. And saying that he wanted to help Africa do this and do that. You, you raggedy bitch. 119 million pounds you gave to this firm that just popped up out of nowhere because they were based in Italy, they also had to be registered in the UK for you to be able to award them. This is what I'm understanding. So they registered in the UK. You gave them 119 million pounds of Lizzie's face. You gave them 119 million. Whew. Only for them to give us 43,000 false negative PCR tests. Hell is not hot enough. My God, hell is not hot enough because what the fuck is this? What even is this? That story was covered, like I said, by Byline Times in November 2020, only for The Guardian now to cover it on the 15th of October 2021. It took you lot almost a year, almost a year to follow up on a story that has already been covered by smaller news outlets. Um... And it's just really, really sad. And no one wants to mention Matt by name. But who else was in charge of this? Who was the Secretary of Health or Minister of Health or for Health or whatever? Was it not Matt? 
So why are we dancing around using his name? Oh, because defamation, this libel, that. No, but you, it was under your watch. It was under your watch that this contract went out. And from giving your sister contracts and giving this person contracts, giving that person contracts, people will be like, okay, what's the end goal? And I think the end goal, you wouldn't be surprised. You, you might then be fi finding out later on that a lot of these guys end up buying shares in these companies that they've given these contracts to. Um, or in some way linked that they're going to benefit from the the amount of data that they have later on because people know people know exactly where we're headed with all of this fuckery and people are trying to get in there dominic cummings has been saying it for ages he's really focused on ai he's really fo focused on biotech all of them things because that's where everyone's moving to and that's why jeff bezos has been eaten that guy's been eaten throughout the pandemic because he's just been chopping data left right and center and it's only going to get worse um yeah, cryptocurrency is going to grow um, because the value of like fossil fuels and gold and all of them things, they're going to drop. Um, and yeah, data, data, data. How else can we collect data? Everyone's putting ring doorbells in the front um, of their um, houses now. And if you've been watching you, you definitely see how my guy is using all the ring cameras and all the doorbell cameras to um, as surveillance to find out what happened to Natalie. Also, I'm um, no spoilers, but Kerry's so buff, I had to put that out there. People are like, stop saying that. He's a white man. He is a white. Nah, that guy, body set good. Wow. Um, but then he's, he, I just like his character. He's douchey, like annoying character. But him as a couple, him as uh, Sherry and Kerry are a good looking couple. They are a very good looking couple. When, um, yeah, I won't say anything else because that would actually be a spoiler. But I also find it interesting how um, Penn Badgley's character, Joe, is somewhat attractive, but you know he shouldn't be because he's literally a murderer. But he says it himself, like, what do we afford um, certain characters that are white, white and male? where people are writing to him and they're like oh my god you're so attractive he's like no i'm literally a psychopathic killer behave yourself um and i love that but i also love that when he has these black love interests like they are not the ones that get you know fucked with in terms of like deaded off um but yeah just had to kind of say that that they chose a really good looking cast for um you they always choose really good looking cast to be honest but i think that the cast is getting better looking as maybe the budget is increasing um but it's weird how somebody can be attractive like in the case of kerry he's attractive as a character but on his actual socials as an actor as just a you know everyday actor human person nah i don't see it it's really weird i just don't see it yeah i don't know it's very weird um, that needs some analysis. Anyway, back to what I was actually talking about in terms of um, the PCR test and a technocracy and um, what the kind of technological age that we're moving into. Um, the age of, we're in the age of Aquarius, right? Um, Saturn, all of them, man, Jupiter, is it in Aquarius? Um, or have they come out? Mm. Anyway, um, we're in the age of Aquarius and Aquarius is literally about intellect, um, maybe not technology per se, but it just makes me think about how um, our intellect and our intellectual property um, are the things that, <laughs> pardon me, <clears throat> the things that belong to us in terms of like our DNA, this, that, this, that is being taken on by other people and then becomes their intellectual property we're meant to be entering into a more equitable age, but I don't know how that's possible with all of the things, the advances that are being made within, uh, with technology. 
Um, so yeah, the Guardian then cover the story and um, they're talking more about um, all of this stuff. And they said, NHS Test and Trace said about 400,000 samples had been processed through the lab, that's um, Immensa, and the vast majority of which will have been negative results, but an estimated 43,000 people may have been given incorrect negative PCR test results between 8th of September and 12th of October, mostly in Southwest England. Um, they're saying it's an isolated incident, but I don't believe it to be so. This is just a major shit show. And maybe this is why they didn't... Because we thought it was because of the backlash of us saying, no, you can't give Matt Hancock that deal because he's a little fucker. And he's also um, the one that, one of the people that wanted to block um, vaccines being made in these, in, in these other countries or whatever. Um, so we thought it was about that but maybe it's because they knew this story was going to be like um covered by a mainstream platform in terms of the money that he gave to this lab only for them to um be putting out false negative um test results who knows who knows because everything's mad out here and maybe boris is going to decide that he's had enough and he's going to quit within the next month who knows but everything's looking mad and i really wonder if then Preeti will become the prime minister then we know that we're really in hell um but um, there are investigations into this company anyway, and it says here, investigations of unlawful conduct include allegations that the firm is treating consumers unfairly by not returning PCR tests in time or not at all, um, or not responding to complaints and delaying refunds. So it seems like the whole company's a mess. They got given all of this money, they got given this contract, and they actually don't know how to meet the demands. But that's what happens when you're vagabonds and you're thieves. Um yeah and it says here as well um because it was um deep tea good asani that actually started covering this and posting on her page on twitter it says that um it's a lot to entrust a dna analysis company with almost no track record on covid pcr testing because it says here um it says we have proudly analyzed more than 2.5 million samples for nhs test and trace um, test and trace that's the ceo now having to talk because they're being batted up by mainstream um, publications how many false negatives out of all of those over that period exactly because if we're talking about 400,000 or whatever that you found 43,000 negative PCR tests or false negative PCR tests, then how many are actually in the 2.5 million that you've also tested? Everything's mad. Everything's mad. Everything's absolutely mad. But I just thought I'd cover that because it fits nicely into So You Mad if we're looking at current affairs and pop culture and all of them things there. Um... I saw another story that was of um, interest to me. Ho Van Lang um, is um, a Vietnamese man, or was a Vietnamese man, um, who he and his father fled into the jungle in, in Vietnam, or the forest. I don't know if jungle might be uh, different, but they fled into the jungle um, during the Vietnam War that um, the US decided to start for no reason, and they got their ass handed to them. Um, he and his father fled into the jungle and after 41 years, I think it was, they were then quote unquote discovered again, just living out there, minding their business. But his dad, I think, um, Ho Van Lan's dad died of cancer. I think it was, I'm just making sure I've got that right. Um, and it's just interesting that how everything played out, that he was discovered there in the jungle 
now that he's you know his father has passed they discovered him and then they wanted to bring him to civilization and i just have this issue with um people thinking that people need to come and be part of what we are doing here and you can't just leave people alone he seemed perfectly happy being where he was um in the jungle and you're like no 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 come and take a train come and eat this come and eat mcdonald's kind of what they did to the is it the tara umrah i might be pronouncing it wrong the Tara Umrah people who would do the long distance running barefoot like and that started the whole wave of barefoot running like in the mainstream space <laughs> but you just need to leave people alone it says here um they called him on Unilad the real life Tarzan who sadly passed away recently before his death he got to experience flying on a plane and seeing civilization for the first time no it wasn't the first time because he'd seen other people before then and what do you mean civilization what do you mean civil this is what you call civilization this shit this bullshit that we're part of right now and oh he got to experience riding on a plane and you also ex um, probably exposed him to um other things that he didn't need to be exposed to either um so yeah he died of liver cancer i think it was and people were asking him um like oh you know well people were contemplating like oh well maybe you know this happened to him um because his teeth are so black and somebody was saying that actually um the blackening of the teeth in some cultures is to prevent tooth decay because of what they use or maybe his teeth could possibly be that way because he didn't brush them or whatever who knows but they were just out there um and people are getting upset because they're like why are you assuming he got liver cancer from being part of being next to human civilization cancer occurs in nature as well animals die of cancer slash tumors too he could have even had this illness from before and it didn't affect him later on also what we need to consider is the way that america absolutely fucked up vietnam during that war right and so whatever chemicals and things that are left in the area that could also have been a contributing factor to what you know affected him and his dad but this is what this wasn't the first time that people had seen um hovan land and his dad because there was a point where um people who lived nearby saw them said hi and um just went about their business and left them there but it's like you lot can't leave people alone if in fact we are saying that yes okay this happened because oh you know um it, it happens in nature generally either way you should have left them alone i think so anyway like i just don't i just don't like the idea of oh we've got to bring you to civilization we've got to bring you to be part of our people when he was perfectly fine there like why can't you maybe i don't know send him re um, resources that he might need but he's he was even showing how he made the clothes that he was wearing from like the branches of um, a particular plant and how he cuts it and how he sewed it there's so much that he was able to do with him and his family and he was self-sufficient I mean, you know, we might have different um, views on this, but I just felt like they should have left his family alone, to be honest. But he just had a beautiful smile as well. So rest in peace, rest in peace. I was looking at the timeline. It says here, in 1955, the Vietnam War started. 1972, Ho Van Lang and his father, Ho Van Tran, um, flee into the Vietnamese jungle. In 1975, the Vietnam War ends. 2013, Lang and his father are found by locals collecting firewood. Authorities encourage the pair to re-enter civilization as Tran's health deteriorates. In 2017, four years later, Tran dies. In 2021, Lang dies from liver cancer. Um, 
It says here, authorities say Lang's older brother, Ho Van Tree, uh, encouraged the pair to return to civilization when Tran's health began to deteriorate in 2013. He died of an unknown cause in 2017 as well. So there's just been a lot. There's just been a lot. And who knows if it, what, how, which way would have gone if they'd come back to quote unquote civilization. Um, but I think, again, if people are happy somewhere, leave them alone that's how that's what, how i see it i just i don't know i just felt a bit uncomfortable watching the video and they were like oh look and we're showing him an airplane and we're showing him this and we're showing him that and i just felt like leave him like this even if you, he was going to experience those things it should be private i just hate the voyeuristic nature of like oh look at us taking this like person who's been living this way and showing them civilization wow I find it really uncomfortable. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that because I saw that and it made me, yeah, like, no, no, don't like it. Anyway, in a more uplifting story, uh, uh, here it is. In a more uplifting story, a suspected poacher has likely been killed by elephants in South Africa love this song a suspected poacher found dead in south in a south african national park is believed to have been killed by an elephant park officials said rangers in kruger national park discovered the body on thursday after following tracks in the stalls neck section of the giant game reserve a spokesperson for the park said um, in a statement that initial investigations suspect that the deceased was killed by an elephant and left behind by his accomplices um, the identity of the deceased individual was not released. The rangers did not find any animals killed in the immediate area. The park officials took the opportunity to warn that it is dangerous to hunt illegally in the park. Criminals stand to lose their lives and freedom. Kruger National Park in South Africa's largest wild is uh, South Africa's largest wildlife sanctuary, encompassing nearly five million acres. The game reserve is also one of the hardest hit regions in the country for rhino poaching. The park's rhino population has decreased by sixty percent since two thousand and thirteen. In the first half of 2020, 166 rhinos were poached in South Africa, with 88 in Kruger National Park. There are 3,529 white rhinos and 268 black rhinos left in Kruger National Park, according to South African National Parks. Um, to help combat rhino poaching, in recent months, Kruger National Park has deployed more patrols in, in addition to using dogs and detection uh, detection technologies to track suspects. Between July uh, and September, there was a nearly 30% increase in the number of poachers arrested in the park compared to the same period last year, according to South African National Parks. Sorry, that must be so weird to hear, like, all this random coughing. But if you want an episode, that's what you're going to get. You know, you're giving you take in this life. Anyway, what I wanted to say is good for you. Good for you. And I hope that the elephants and the rhinoceros, like, step on your head tops and crush your, crush your bones. That's what you deserve, you stupid bitches. Leave them alone. Leave the animals alone. Leave them alone. I'm saying that as even a, as a meat eater. Well, so that's another conversation. Anyway, but what i am saying is yeah leave them the fuck alone because this is actually ridiculous like stop poaching you don't need them for your high fashion or for your collection of this or for your collection of that my instinct is telling me though that it's people that work on the national parks as well that also help these people um to find the um animals to poach so there's there the the call is also coming from inside the house as far as i'm concerned because they can't do these things 
um, without having certain types of like knowledge. Um, so I, I would say that some of these people that work at the national parks, maybe because of not being paid enough or whatever, or maybe they're just bad mind people. They want to get a bit of extra money. So they're just like, well, you know, the rhinos are over here. Go for it. But now that they're implementing certain things, I hope that that really does help. And, you know, nature's going to start turning on us, you know, more than it has done. You know, animals are going to start fucking our shit all the way up, especially the ones, Pacific Rim, that live at the in the darkest parts of the ocean that we've never, ever seen before because we can't even get down that low because of the pressure and the darkness. People are just going to start coming. All these, um, you know, creatures are going to start coming and they'll fuck our shit up because they were trying to mind their business. But because we don't want to mind our business, they're like, now everybody's business is everybody's business. So let's get what? This business. That's what's going to happen. And I mean, I want to write them a letter and let them know that I'm not fucking involved. Like, if you lot are looking for their trouble, you lot are the ones that need to get batted up. I want no part. I want no smoke, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and then the last um subject, I guess, or the last part of today was Alec Baldwin, the actor who was using um a live gun that was meant to have blanks or whatever on set of a new film. Um accidentally shot the um director of photography this um uh, and she died and um the director was also shot i don't i want also i also want to know why he was firing in that direction i that that's not too clear to me but r.i.p um helena i think it's helena hutchins the cinematographer who was fatally shot by the prop gun fired by alec baldwin um her husband was speaking about how devastating it is. And again, this is why people unionize within um, the acting and the, you know, the whole kind of film industry. This is why people unionize because these things shouldn't happen. And actually the day that this happened, I heard that, um, or I read that, a number of people who were actually working on the film had staged a walkout and so um, non-union um, replacements were brought in and so no one was really prepared. I I just want to understand why we have live guns on set. I know that people say, oh, you know, if you have live guns but you put blanks in them, it also saves from having to do all of the um, effects in post-production. But meanwhile, you're spending billions and billions and or millions and millions on these films. You can afford to do some of these things in post-production. There should be no live guns on set as far as I'm concerned. And again, we always talk about God protecting you from certain things, whatever, whatever. I would have lost my shit if I had to be around live guns and just told, oh, that's how we do it over here. And you're just going to have to deal with it. I don't want to see live none. I don't want to see a real knife. I don't want to see a real gun, nothing. And this isn't the first time that things like this has happened. But when you're overworking, underpaying a lot of these crew and you don't want to respect their livelihoods and be like, okay, we respect that you're part of a union. So rah, 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 and we'll do better by you. These are the things that happen. Literally people lose their lives. So um, RIP um, Helena um, Hutchins, that's so, so sad that something like this happened. And I, um, I, I will look out for more things as it's been investigated. Anyway, I'll jump then to Start Your Motors because I don't really have much to say about Start Your Motors. As I told you, I've still got a funny feeling in my tummy about the whole the whole way that the Black Lives, um, sorry, the Black History Month thing was done. Um, but it is what it is. So this week, or oh, the weekend just gone, was the um, Austin, well, the USA Grand Prix. I keep saying I don't know what it's going to be called next year when we have the Miami uh, Grand Prix as well because then those are two USA races, um, basically. But maybe they'll just call it Miami GP. 
who knows um but it's all looking exciting austin texas was um what happened and i don't really have much to say because like i said i was at brent's um event so i was literally having to watch the grand prix and keep up with updates on my phone while still remaining present and taking part um and you know and you know staying focused on um being a guest oh i noticed that serena williams she was there serena williams was there is it chris bosch or whatever he was there at austin grand prix shaquille o'neal he handed out one of the um well he handed the trophy to max verstappen because obviously he won um yeah i don't know i my, my main thing to say is like well we'll cut to the chase um, hamilton didn't win that race he drove a really really good race but he didn't win and I still hate Max Verstappen. I'm so sorry. I can't get it out of my system. I can't stand this guy. I cannot stand him. Like, he's so immature. He's so nasty. Like, his behaviour. He talks about, oh, this wasn't sportsmanly and this wasn't sportsmanly. But you're calling people stupid idiot because they've overtaken you. Um, This was during the practice sessions, right? So they were having practice sessions on Friday and um, Saturday and he got overtaken by Hamilton at some point in the queue, even though he'd overtaken others as well. And Hamilton overtakes him and you can hear him on the radio going, ha, stupid idiot. He's not your age, mate. He's really not your age, mate. I don't know. He's not your championship, mate. He's not your nothing, mate. I don't know who you're talking to. And at another point, he then put up the middle finger I think it was towards Hamilton as well, but another driver anyway. Um, and he just gets away with this. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, he put up his middle finger at to, uh, to Hamilton because Toto then went to the stewards and said that um, Verstappen should receive a penalty for that, a, a five grid place penalty. And I totally agree, but they do not want to check this guy's behavior because of who his dad is, Joe Verstappen. Like they don't want to check this guy's behavior. So they're just letting him do whatever the fuck. He's talking about, oh, I don't want to take part in Drive to Survive, the new season of Drive to Survive, because it's too much drama. You are the drama, baby. You are the drama. You are what's... You are the fire. Don't be cussing out the smoke when you are the fucking fire. Like, it's actually mad that he gets to do these things. And then Hamilton is not allowed to react. He's not allowed to respond. And that in and of itself is racism. If you're within an industry that refuses to check your transgressors, but then, you know, you're just meant to put up with it and be the bigger person. Bigger personism, as Ash says, Ash in the stat, as Ash says on Twitter, bigger personism is not my politics. Let me tell you from now, if you want to go low, let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a mole up on this motherfucker. I will... I will dive down into the earth's crust, bitch. Like, we will go there together. But what's interesting, right, is that um, Lewis Hamilton did an interview with Jesus and Mero for their show on Showtime. And I watched it. It's like a 16-second interview. You can find it on YouTube or maybe on Jesus and and Mero's page. But I was watching it and there was a certain section. And again, let me just say right off the bat, transparency. I fucking hate that. So all these other people are getting these interviews, right? And the baby girl is right fucking here. I'm standing right here. At first I thought, oh, maybe you can't come on the show because, you know, I swear a lot and I'm cussing people up and down. But literally, Mero said in in that in, in in that interview, he said motherfucker, he said this, he said that, and I just wonder if there's certain different rules for black men getting these interviews. And it's not just about Hamilton, actually; it's across the board. I don't get certain interviews, but other but black men will get these interviews because 
profanities and doing this and being gra gra is acceptable when it's black men but when it's me it's like oh no you can't go on that show because she's a bit too this she's a bit too that fuck all of you lot man honestly fuck you lot because it's actually wild at this point like a baby girl is out here doing the bits doing the bobs there's literally nobody doing it like me i feel like i've said this i say this every once in a while but respect where respect is due and it's due to me right range baby girl's got it talent baby girl's got it ben's pum baby girl's got it like what else do i need to have at this point interviewing techers baby girl's got it so what else do i need to have so i'm watching that interview thinking nah they've fully said motherfucker fuck rare 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 and then mera goes they start talking about max verstappen and how and he even calls him verstappen like do you not want to in, be interviewed by a black person that actually knows about f1 and can still bring the vim and is sexy i mean let's let's be serious you know let's be serious so anyway um they're saying that and they call him verstappen or verstappen and, and hamilton's like you can call him that yeah that's fine and they're like oh well you know he's tired of what's on your head and then mera goes oh yeah you don't Verstappen or whatever they call you. You don't ever want to come to the Bronx, baby. You don't ever want to come to the Bronx. You don't treat my man. I'm standing up for my man. You don't treat my man's like that. Da, 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 da. And then obviously, um, Jesus lightens the mood and he's like, I don't think Verstappen comes to the Bronx often. I, d- I don't think that's what he does. But um Hamilton said something like yeah well you know the thing is and this is see again you can allow people to drag someone Jesse Nelson you can allow people to drag someone but when you come in you come in and you and you do diplomacy yeah you do diplomacy you keep it cute Jesse you didn't do that with your one off the shoulder shirt that's still pissing me off I'm so sorry that's yesterday last week last month's news but it's still an annoy and like annoying me and an annoy and an annoy it's still annoying me anyway so um, they're saying all of that now, and um, Hamilton says, but you know, I'm 36. <coughs> he says, I'm 36, Verstappen's 25. Now, if he was 36, I'd be like, let's go. And honestly, I've never heard anything sexier in my life. And I mean that in a platonic way. Like, I would say that if a woman... Well, of course I'd say that if it was a woman. <laughs> anyway, but I would say that if anybody really that had Vim said it, you're not my age mate you're not my age mate is what Hamilton said in that statement you're a little boy for me and that's why I'm not badding you up because I've got to remember that you're not my age mate and I think there are so many factors there as well like in what he's saying like Lewis can't react to the misbehavior that Max Verstappen is constantly displaying because one he's black biracial yes but you know identifies as black um he can't react to what um what um Verstappen's doing because all people will see is that he is the aggressor as a black person he is the aggressor and so it will never be in his favor because they won't want to check that it's their racism that's making them see it that way and also you're a seven-time world champion he hasn't won a championship yet he might be close but there's five races to go ancestors intervene please Please, if you say it's his destiny to win this, I'll accept it. But I really do not want Max Verstappen to win this championship, please. Anyway, um, so he hasn't won a championship yet. You've got seven. So again, you're a bigger guy. You're a bigger guy for him, right? And on top of that, you are literally older than he is. You're literally older than he is. You're a black belt in karate. You would absolutely fuck this guy's shit up. You would absolutely fuck this guy's shit up. And from knowing that, 
you've just got to let it slide. He, he, he gives you the middle finger. You've got to let it slide. He calls you a stupid idiot on radio. You've got to let it fly. I feel, me personally, I feel like Hamilton needs me in his life. And I keep saying this, this might as well be a Hamilton stand account. And I don't even stand any fucking body because people disappoint you and everybody's fucking mad. But just on this basis alone, I really dislike injustice. I really dislike imbalance, right? And I feel like everybody around Hamilton is just like, oh no, calm it, calm it, calm it. But again, some of the closest people to him, white women, white blonde women, they're like, calm it, calm it, calm it, yeah? Don't go, me, I would not tell you to calm it. Let me tell you from now. I would tell you, unleash, unleash the dragon. I don't think you really want, unleash the dragon. Yeah, unleash the dragon. I would be like, unleash the rascal dragon on these bitches and let them know what time it is. Because sometimes, sometimes you can't be waiting for respect, you know? Sometimes go for fear, go for fear. Let respect sit on the side, go for fear. Let these motherfuckers fear you because the behavior is getting out of hand it's getting out of hand and i really i uh, i said all of that about the Jesus and Mera show but i really did appreciate seeing him in an environment where he was a bit more relaxed and could say what he wanted to say but why does it just have to be american spaces there are british spaces that you can do that too that are not one extra i'm like again i'm literally right fucking here but what ifs um and when we talk about paul when we talk about cool factor Hamilton is literally the one bringing the cool factor and keeping F1, as far as I'm concerned, let's keep it buck. He's keeping it relevant. The amount of black people who watch F1, watch unless they're coons, they watch because of Hamilton, right? And they want to support and they're interested. That's what brought them into the vibe and brought them into the game. And, you know, they want to support the team. So for you to keep them, you can't keep letting this stupid boy disrespect him in this way like something has to be done a lot of the celebs the high the high powered celebs that are actually even attending are attending literally because of hamilton yeah he's i feel like he should get a point at least four, no three points every race for the fact that he's the one that's keeping the sport cool and he's the reason that the celebrities even want to be there give him three points for every race no matter whether he wins or not just give him three points right but anyway, um, Verstappen is now 12 points ahead on the championship table and it makes me sick to my stomach. I fucking hate it. Like, I wouldn't mind, um, I don't mind when freaking McLaren, well, I do mind sometimes when McLaren win because of Norris. But for instance, if it was like Daniel Ricciardo, um, Sebastian Vettel for Aston Martin, um, you know, Alonso, for, like, I wouldn't mind, you know, all of the, for, um, and Al- um, Alonso drives for Alpine. I wouldn't mind if other teams um, that had good drivers and nice drivers were winning. For fuck's sake, I don't even mind when Checo Perez, um, Sergio Perez, I don't mind when he wins for Red Bull. There's just something about Verstappen and Christian Horner together that makes me sick to my stomach, like literally makes me feel nauseous because they just don't come across as, like, I want to say nice people, because but I've talked about niceness earlier. They don't come across as kind people. And so I just don't enjoy seeing them winning. It really makes me uncomfortable. I really, really don't like it. Um, and to, so to consider the fact that they're going to win this championship, I can throw up all over myself right now. I mean, I hope Mercedes, if Bottas gets his finger out of his fucking ass, um, I hope that Mercedes can still win the Constructors' Championship. But in terms of um, the Drivers' Championship, I, lit- I would have to throw up all over myself um, if that was the case and um, Verstappen won. But it's obviously very, very likely. But I'm hoping for a couple of do- did-not-finishes for um these races but in terms of Bottas because he had a new engine another new engine 
um, for his car for this race. He started in P9, so he started in ninth position because he got a five grid, was it, penalty? Um, so he started in ninth place. Why did this guy only manage to move up to fifth? Although people were like, oh no, he had some drama and, you know, then he was stuck behind Yuki Tsunoda for ages. Like, Yuki Tsunoda managed to hold you for that long. I mean, I know that he held up Hamilton um, the other uh, week as well in one of the other races, but come on, come on. I just found it funny that Yuki just let Hamilton through when it was um, Hamilton's time to come through, but he held up Verstappen for the longest time. I said, beautiful work, Tsunoda. Beautiful work, baby boy. You are my fave. After Hamilton, Yuki Tsunoda is legit my fave. I really like that guy. Because um, he just loves food. He loves food as much as I love food. And I've got to respect it. You know, I, I respect the levels. Fucking love it. Um, so, yeah. So, Hamilton finished um, second. Um, so, yeah. Now a 12-point lead for Verstappen, which sucks. Um, and the X-Prix races, which is um, an another tournament that um, Hamilton has a team in, He's, his team is second in the X-Pre um, races and um, Nico Rosberg, who is his former teammate and friend, his team's now first. So my guy just can't catch a break in any um, league, to be honest, at the moment. But, you know, his goals go beyond Formula One. So he's still going to get his eighth championship one way or another. If it's not this year, he's going to get it next year because I know that Toto Wolf was also talking about the fact that they've in some ways kind of let this year be this year and they're now focused on next season and how they're going to develop their cars for next season um, as well. So, you know, let's see how it goes, but I just want the best for him and Bottas needs to sort himself out because I really don't understand. How can I give you a new engine and you're just there wavering, just doing anyhow? Um, Alpine, both cars did not finish, which was very sad on their part. Um, especially because they were doing... Was he doing Basquos with Giovinazzi? I think Alonso was doing Basquos with Giovinazzi at one point when they were trying to overtake, when he was trying to overtake him, but eventually managed it only to end up not having a car that did not finish. But overall, um, it seemed like a really exciting race. I, um, I won't say that I've managed to watch it, but it seemed like a really, really exciting race. I'm now going to go and chill out. I'm quite busy today, actually. So once I send this file off to Brent, I've got so much that I need to go and do. But hopefully this evening I'll actually be able to chill and watch it. But big up all of you, man, all of you lot that kept sending me updates in real time as everything was going down. So my heart broke in real time when Hamilton got second place. Um, but it's still great. We're still in the running. If you remember, if you get, if you win, if you get first place, you get 25 points. But um, what's his name? Verstappen managed to get at least, I don't know if he got the fastest lap as well, but he managed to get at least 26 points because he got pole position um, for this race as well as the 25 points for coming first. So, um, you know, he's doing well, doing well for himself. Um, but that can change at any time. All we need is 25 points to get back ahead um, and for him to not finish or to yeah, I just need things to happen to him. We need to collectively send our energies to his car not making it through. Um, no, Nothing bad, nothing bad, but just don't let his car make it through, please. Something, something, anything. But if it's truly his destiny to win it this year, then, you know, it is what it is. So that's that for Start Your Motors. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Couldn't give you, like, too, too much info. Um, and so we'll jump to um, the last section for this week, which is um, Straw of the Week, a.k.a. Suck Your Mum, and we'll wrap it the fuck up. Yes. So I've got no um, straws for this week, actually. I just didn't get time. But I've got a letter with a voice note that does have um, one and also, yeah, two letters, two letters for Straw of the Week this week. So let's see. Um, 
I'll do one one first and then do the other one because there's a trigger warning for the final one. Um, so this one says, Hi, Kalechi. I sent a voice note after being enraged by the article in The Guardian regarding Classic FM and Nigel Kennedy been trying to tell folks how racist and elitist the classical music world is and why black classical musicians like myself are forging their own path. I still have um, a rant due on my music Insta too, but had to send a voice note explaining why classific, um, Classic FM can suck out, frankly. Also, I wished I waited a week before giving my commentary on Nine Perfect Strangers, though still feel iffy about the portrayal of the black female characters the black actresses themselves are superb and what a twist pretending to be disempowered and the white woman did not clock her all this time brilliant so though i have some reservations still about the ending i'm glad i continue to watch it hope you have a blessed and abundant week anyway let's jump to the voice note hey Kalechi, I hope you're doing good and you're having a blessed week so far. So this is definitely a straw, a bunch of straws for Classic FM. So there's a very well, very well known violinist, Nigel Kennedy, and he was about to um, do a concert at the Royal Albert Hall with the orchestra that has black and brown musicians, the Shaniki Orchestra, and it's being hosted by Classic FM. And they expected him to play Vivaldi's Four Seasons for, what, the hundredth time for him? And I love Vivaldi. I have lots of Vivaldi in my playlist. But he thought, let me do something different, and I want to do a classical, classical version of a Jimi Hendrix song. Classic FM vetoed it and said he can't do that. They want him to play um, Vivaldi's Four Seasons. So Nigel Kennedy has pulled out. Now, what bothers me is that this is the same Classic FM a few months ago that was hailing Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber as a musical prodigy, even had a classical pianist mix a Justin Bieber song and a Chopin song together and posted it all over their socials. But apparently, to do a Jimi Hendrix cover as a tribute in classical form, Classic FM said, would not be appropriate for the audience. Classic FM, you can go right back to the birthplace of, of Bach himself and go suck out your mothers. And then you can duck right back into the future and suck out again. Bear in mind, Nigel Kennedy is a white man. He's a white male classical musician. So for anyone else that is, uh, uh, that, that, that is beneath that in terms of woman, black woman, black male musician, then we have no chance. Uh, what makes me so disgusted as well is that people actually have the, have the hubris to say, oh, but um, people who listen to classical film won't know Jimi Hendrix. If that's the case... That means that the people listening then don't appreciate music and are not listening to classical music for the sake of it. They're listening to classical music because they think that by doing so, they're maintaining, upholding the power structure of whiteness. And this is partly the reason why classical music is still so elitist. This is why musicians like myself have to forge our own ways, classical musicians, because there's like these, this, this draconian ideology and these dinosaurs that are saying, if you don't play classical music in the same way that people have done for 300, 400, years then we don't want you then so fuck you classic fm and suck out suck out suck out till you pass out anyway kalechi i hope this hasn't gone on for too far i love everything you do you bless us with gifts and abundance take care of yourself and love to you and your family bye thank you thank you for that thank you for that straw i wholeheartedly agree if they're saying that the people who listen to Classic FM would not know who Jimi Hendrix is. By that metric, that also means that they would not know who Justin Bieber is. But you just spent 
time having a Justin um Justin Bieber um slash Chopin um tribute, but somehow they wouldn't know who Jimi Hendrix is. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about? Um, but you explained all of the things, so thank you for doing that. I was even gonna say two slaps on your chest because that was freaking magnificent as a drag, as a straw flinging. I love you lots energy when you fling straws, like you keep it cute and you do what needs to be done, and you're very creative with it, so big up yourselves, okay, now the last letter, last straw of the week, comes with a trigger warning of sexual assault slash rape, so if you want to leave us at this time, um, at this point, I'll say, you know, big up yourselves, peace, and I'll catch you next week, for anybody else who's carrying on, here we go, it says here, uh, it's titled, One Situation, So Many Straws. Hi, Kalechi. I don't, I didn't think I would ever find myself writing in again because I didn't want to put myself in queue alongside others who haven't had the pleasure of having their bits read on the pod. But the audacity of the news I heard today had me reaching for my phone so quickly so that I could send a letter before I forgot my scathing train of thought. Before I get into it, I just want to make sure I use manners and say hi and hope you're well in all forms. Okay, so yes. I would like for all of the straws to go out to the people who were witnesses to a rape and did absolutely nothing to help the victim. For context, a story came out stateside today, October 18th, about a woman who was raped on a train in the Philly area, that's Philadelphia. Um, the incident took place around 10pm and according to police in the surveillance footage, there were, there were dozens of people on the train who did absolutely nothing to help. Not a single person tried to intervene or even call the police. It took for a train employee to who um, to just happen onto the train, see what happened, and that was the person to immediately contact the authorities. One step further in this disgusting situation is it being said that some of the police on the train even recorded sorry, some of the people on the train even recorded what was happening. Whoever those people are need to be given an extra straw to suck their mothers so dry, maybe the mother will have to revert back in time and swallow them instead of birthing. One, as a victim of sexual assault, my heart and thoughts immediately go out to the victim. It is said that she's doing well and has been so strong, but honestly, what the fuck? She should not have to be strong and she should not have been on the mend if men, um, if men would learn to keep their hands to themselves and their dicks in their pants. Two, as a person who lives in New York City, I could honestly see this happening because there are countless times where sketchy things happen on packed trains and no one intervenes. It reminds me of a time I saw a girl being stalked and then harassed on a crowded train with no one doing anything. And I, at five foot three and 115 pounds, took it upon myself to not be a dick and to step in to aid the girl. Luckily, I'm the daughter of a Marine who knows how to protect and defend myself. But the fact that I was willing to put myself in danger while other men did nothing is just so telling to the state of humanity and the amount of shitty shit bags that exist in this world. Several straws to them too. Can we just compile the earth's weight in straws for the suspect and the people who witnessed and did nothing and the countless men who continue to commit violent acts against women so they can suck it with love and tons of t thanks from across the uh, from across the pond. Thank you, Brie. Thank you for that. Wow. I read that story and I couldn't quite get my head around it. I said, what the fuck? What, everyone was standing around and did nothing. But I was just like, you know what? It makes perfect sense. Because people will be talking about, be kind, be kind, do something, see something, say something. But then they won't. They won't. And that just goes to show you the extent of misogyny in our society. Um, when people will see something like that happening and just, instead of doing something, will just take out their phones to record it. Like, I can't. 
get my head around it. It was one guy, one woman. There are enough of you got lot to drag the guy and beat the fuck out of him and hold him there till the police arrive. But instead, everyone's just standing and watching. Like, I don't even know the race of the victim, the race of the perpetrator. I don't even know. But I'm just, like, fed up at this point. Like, it's actually wild out here. Um women can't drink their drinks in clubs anymore because it's going to get spiked, you know, saying, oh, you should cover it with cling film, do this, do that. What about just um, addressing male violence? What if we just did that and saved ourselves all of this palaver with everything else that we're doing? It's actually wild. So yeah, I agree. Straws for everybody involved in that situation that did nothing. Straws for the, for the rapist, straws for for all of them and sending love to the person that that experienced this and i pray that you do have some form of healing and that, that people do stand up for you in one way or another through this whole process because they sure as fuck didn't do it when they should have done it um so anyway yeah that's that for this week um big up my patrons big up um the um person who got me um a supercar f1 experience day to drive one of the cars or to be in one of the cars um as it's driven around i appreciate that a silverstone experience day that's it um i'm looking forward to using that um for all my massages i'm gonna get on to using those as well i just fully fully appreciate every single body thank you so much for supporting the pod um you can follow me on sy follow me on at collection of cough or at say your mind pod and you can send your letters and your voice notes to sym at kalechiokarfor.com um and yeah i guess that's that's that in it i'll i'll catch you on the flip side peace it's the ben's punani woman is baby boys baby girls you need to hear this so sit down sit down receive this realness make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo hard time scrolling for your long shorts you might learn something you never know you find and she's one of a kind don't say you mind say you mind